What a privilege to be here in God's house tonight. Amen. I'm just honored and thankful for folks that come out on midweek. And somebody said years ago, they said, now we don't have Sunday night service like we used to, but just hear me out. They said, if you, if you come, you know, Sunday morning, you love your church. If you come Sunday night, you love your pastor. And they said, but if you come on Thursday night, you love God. Amen. <laughs> and so I know we all love God. Somebody just said that. And I believe we need to be faithful to the house of God, especially now in the days that we're living. So I appreciate you being here tonight. It's always an awesome. We need fellowship. Amen. We need fellowship in the service where there's an anointing. And you may have been praying and seeking God and come to the house of God. And what God spoke to you in your devotional time, you can go over and minister to someone and speak into them. And so it's important. We need the body to be with the body. Amen. And so I always share this. I said, whenever I hit my head, you know, my hand goes up there and it starts rubbing that head. Amen. Where there's pain. It says, I've got something that can help you and be of comfort to you. You know, if you get something in your eye, your, your finger goes over there and you start rubbing that eye because you got something in your eye. We need the body of Christ. Very important. And so it's good to see all of you here tonight. And this week, you know, I just was in prayer and and I called up Justin, you know, and I said, uh, what do you do? And he said, oh, I'm just working, you know, and and I said, you have a just like that. I said, you have a word. He said, oh, yeah. I said, good. You're preaching Thursday. Actually. I said, I want you to speak. And he said, okay, I'll do it, Reverend. I'll do it. And I said, all right. I said, Thursday. He said, Thursday? I said, I said yes, in two days, Thursday. <laughs> so I'm loving just sitting back and letting, you know, these younger gen this younger generation be used of God. Amen? Praise God. And so I'm so thankful tonight. And Justin's going to come and bring the word. Amen. Stand behind this sacred desk. Praise God. And I love this man, this man of God. Appreciate him. There's quite a few people here tonight. No, I'm, uh, first thing I want to thank Pastor, um, Truly a privilege and an honor to um, to be up here behind this pulpit um, to think about the men and women who have stood up here um, to be in that company is um, I can't even put it into words really. Uh, when Pastor called me, it was 12:57 because I was getting ready to go into one o'clock meeting. I'm going to walk around tonight. It's how my brain works, so you'll have to forgive me. I've never done this before. I'm just going to be me, okay? Um, it was 12:57. I get a call, it's Pastor John, on my phone. So I answer, I say, hey, Rev, how you doing? I'm good, son. How are you? And so we small talk for a few minutes, and uh, he goes, and in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, you know what? He's going to ask if I want to go to dinner. <laughs> what happened the past two weeks, he's, you know, he's uh, counseling. This is going to be awesome. He goes, how do you feel about preaching on Thursday? I said, next Thursday? He goes, no, this Thursday. <laughs> I said, well, I don't know much, but I know when the man of God asks you to do something, there's only one right answer. Yeah. It's yes. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I have a word for you guys, but I just want to testify uh, real quickly before I get started. Um, for those of you who don't know or need a filler, I guess, um, 
I've been coaching with my father at Cerritos College for the past six years. I've been a part of a football team for the past 18 years, either playing or coaching. Um, and a week ago today, I called my boss, and I said, I'm done. I'm done coaching. Um, I told him that there was a deeper call in my life. Um, Jake, I apologize. I didn't get a chance to tell you sooner, but here it is. So, um, and I never second-guessed it. I never um, doubted it. I knew what I was doing was correct, um, but he's such a good father because that same feeling I get or I got when I used to coach games is the same feeling I got sitting in that chair for the past 50 minutes. Praise God. He's such a good father. Uh, so, it was Wednesday morning. If I'm going to be brutally honest with you guys, Wednesday morning when Stacy was speaking, um, I knew I needed to be done coaching. I knew it was that time I needed to step into a new season. Um, and I kind of sh shrugged it off. I said, you know, Lord, I've, I've been a part of a football team for the past 18 years. I'm coaching with my dad. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty good coach. You know, the, 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 there's no way, right? There's no way. So I shrugged it off. Fast forward a couple hours, sitting in that very chair and, there goes Jared, start moving the chair. And he's using words like season, and he's using words like field, and he's using words like this is going to be the best crop that we've ever had. He's using words like my father gave it to him. You know what I'm saying? Disclaimer, my father still loves me, even though I don't coach football anymore. Okay? <laughs> all right, we're all good. Okay? His shirt that I took, I gave him mine. It's the exact same size, exact same color. It's, it's the exact same, all right? So him and I are good, in case anyone had any doubts. Um, and Jared came over to me. He bent down with the chair and got into my face and spoke what he did. This was before he even prophesied. And the Lord spoke to me. He goes, try shrugging that one off. Try shaking that one off, basically. Um, and then he came over and said what he said. Um, and I'm grateful for him, and I'm grateful for Stacy. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm grateful for this new season I'm coming into in my life. Um, I had a couple people ask me, you know, well, what now? I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm just enjoying this process of, you know, of being in God's word and being in his presence. Um, and I'm just enjoying the, this new season in my life. Um, so to God be all the glory. Like I said, I, I could not be more excited. Um, I'm going to open up in prayer as we open up our Bibles. You're going to go to John chapter 20. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, oh, I just humble myself before you tonight. I feel like you've given me a word, and I just pray, God, that I would decrease so you can increase, Lord. I just want to hide behind this altar, and I just pray, God, that you anoint me, um, and I pray, God, that I bless a lot of people in a short amount of time. In Jesus' name, amen. So John 20, verses 1 through 9. The title of my message is Loose Your Grave Clothes. So verse 1 says, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, John, 
whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, again, that's John, and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulchre. And he, stooping down, looking in, saw the linen clothes lying. Yet went he in, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen clothes lie. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to be the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. So, linen clothes, grave clothes, the exact same thing. These are ace bandages. Okay, forgive me again. I only had two days, so. I still love you, Rev. Um, so it says, saw the strips of linen lying there. So it wasn't like it was, you know, thrown out on the ground, okay? It wasn't like that. I have it written down here because I wanted to word it properly. It was lying precisely as the body had laid in them. The grave clothes were in the exact same position as if Jesus' body was still in those grave clothes. Does that make sense? I'm a visual person. I'm going to use visuals. Um, it's how I learn, so I guess it's, it's going to be how I teach. So um, John 19, 39, 40, don't turn there, tells us that Nicodemus and Joseph brought about 100 pounds of myrrh and aloes, spices, and wound the body of Jesus in the cloth wrappings with the spices. So 100 pounds of liquid on a bunch of grave clothes, okay? So it basically what it did was it formed a cocoon, right, with butterflies. It hardened, okay, around those grave clothes. Brings me to my first point. It doesn't matter how hard and how tightly wove those grave clothes are. God will make a way for you to break out of those. And it says, my favorite part is that, I lost my thought. It says, John saw it and he believed. He believed because he saw what was the body laying there. It wasn't cut. It hadn't been unraveled. There wasn't anything that made him think someone had taken the body like they thought. The only way Jesus came up out of those grave clothes was supernaturally, right? Amen. My other favorite part, can you wrap that back up for me? I'm going to move that later. Thanks. Um, they talk about the napkin that went over his head. It said it was separate, right? I'm going to read it again because I don't want to mess it up. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. So it was separate, right? In those days, servants in the mat, there's nothing insignificant with God, by the way. There's no coincidences. There's, no, th there's nothing like that. In those days, there were servants and masters, okay? And when the master would sit down to eat, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, whichever one it was, and he would throw the napkin on the table like that, unfolded, it meant he was all done, okay? 
But when he placed that napkin folded on the table, that meant he was coming back. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing insig insignificant with God. Thank you, Rodney, for the napkins that I borrowed from Lascari's today. <laughs> Had a quick trip over there. Um, we are going to backtrack and go to John 11. John 11, 3 says, Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Talking about Lazarus. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. My mom had that underlined. She underlined it for 27, 17. I'm grateful for her. And I know that I'm only standing here because of her prayers, my father's prayers, and my grandfather's prayers. That's the only reason. So we're going to skip down um, to verse 16. Basically from 5 to 16, after you heard this, he stayed two days where he was. So Lazarus' sisters came. He stayed put for two days. And then he says, disciples, let's go to Judea. And they start worrying. Master, the Jews of late sought to stone me, and you want to go back. He says, some life's 12 hours in the day. We'll be all right. 16 says, then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. I know a lot of us think as Thomas, doubting Thomas. I got to put my finger through the hand, right? But in this scripture, Thomas is like, wherever you're going, I'm going. Whatever you're doing, I'm doing. I, I got your back. These two right here. I know they have my back no matter what because they know that I have their back, right? Yeah. Let's go tell your old high school football coach that you're done coaching, that you quit coaching to start preaching. Let's go do that on Saturday, right? Let's go. Let's go. No questions asked, right? I need your help. We got to go to Home Depot, get a horse trough for Jared to do a baptism. I did ask a couple questions with that one. I, I, I did. I, I had a couple questions about that one. I was, I was a little nervous. Get you, <laughs> me too, <laughs> get you some Christian friends that have your back. Amen. You might say, I don't have any friends like that. Then you be a friend to someone else, yeah. right? Yeah. Awesome. So, 17, then when Jesus came, he found that he had laid in the grave four days already. Now, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. That's about two miles. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to confront, comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Excuse me. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. She's saying, Lord. I know it looks bleak right now. I just lost my brother, probably their provider, their protector. But whatever it is that your will, 
I trust you. You got it. it. It doesn't look great to me right now. Like a lot of us go through certain things. It doesn't look great right now, Lord, but I'm trusting you. Jesus responds with, Jesus saith unto her, verse 23, thy brother shall rise again. Jesus gave Martha a promise because of the faith that she showed, right? And then Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus is like, no, 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 you're not getting it. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection, the life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? See, Martha was thinking about it theologically. She was like, yes, Lord, I, I know what it says. I, I know what you've taught. I, I get that. And Lord's like, no, I'm, I'm talking about what you need right now. I got you right now. I have your need. I'm ready to fulfill your need right now. Kyle, you love me? Can you read verse 27 through 37 real quick? Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had said, I'm sorry, when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. And the, Jew, and the, the Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Okay. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Thirty-eight says, Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. And I can see Jesus like this. I just promised you a miracle, <laughs> and you're complaining about a stone. And I was reading that, and that, that, pic, that, that picture came to me. And the Lord goes, well, what about when that's you? I was like, oh, you're, you're right. That's a lot of us a lot of the time. Jesus promises something, and he goes, okay, we'll roll away that stone. Ah, stinks in there. It stinks in there, Lord. I don't want to show that to you, Lord. I don't want to, oh, God. I don't want to show that to you. I don't want to roll that stone away. It stinks in there. Those are things that I've been covering up for a long time. I don't want to get rid of that, Lord. 
I, and Jesus standing there like, I'm waiting to do a miracle in your life. Just move the stone away. That's all I'm asking you to do. He wants to pour out his love and his power and his authority to you. But we won't move a simple stone in our lives or our hearts or our minds. I'm talking to you guys as much as I'm talking to me. Jesus. I don't care if you're ashamed with what's behind that stone. I love you. That's what Jesus is saying to us tonight. I love you. I'm trying to do a miracle in your life. I'm trying to bring your brother up out of the grave. I'm trying to rise. I'm trying to bring your brother back from death. Gilbert and I were talking about this. It says, yeah, we can raise people from the dead. Gilbert goes, we think about that just, you know, physically. He goes, what about spiritually? We have the power to raise spiritually dead people out of the grave. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. 40 says, Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou should see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hast heard me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. He had to call him out by name because every Tom, Sally, and Jerry that was in that grave would have come up out of it. So, <laughs> um, and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and in his face was bound with a napkin. I need you to. Remember when I told you guys that these guys loved me? <laughs> so I did some research on grave clothes. And they started at the feet. Remember, you got to make that last all the way to the top, Kyle. And I pictured Satan and the enemy coming in like a snake and starting at our feet, right? Binding our feet, Okay. Oh, don't go to Tuesday. Don't go to Tuesday night prayer. Stay home. You can pray in your bedroom. Don't go Thursday night. You just watch it on the live. It's okay. It's just Thursday night. It's all right. And they got it on the live. Priscilla's got you. She's got you covered. Just watch it. Don't go pray for people. Don't come to the front and worship just like you were doing two weeks ago when we were in revival. And then it gets up to your hands, right? So he's got our, got our legs, can't move, right? And this could be happening when we're in church. So he's got our hands bound now. I can't read my Bible. I can't raise my hands to worship him, right? I can't go over and pray for people because he's got me bound, right? Now he's got my feet and he's got my hands. What am I supposed to do like this? There's nothing. So he's got us bound, right? And I told you guys... 
that it was separate from what was bound with the body. Close enough for Calvary, Kyle. We'll take it. Thank you, Jesus. Reverend, can I stand? I'm just going to stand on this next to me. And he slowly has worked his way all the way up, right? And he gets to the neck. And he covers our neck. And all of a sudden, it gets pretty hard to breathe. Reverend, can I have that other napkin? Ain't no grave clothes on you, buddy. (laughs) So he's got our neck starting to suffocate us, right? And then he goes to cover our mouth, and then our nose, and then our eyes, until we're completely submerged. So, gets to our neck, our mouth, and our nose, gets kind of hard to breathe. He's covering our mouth. We can't praise and worship, okay, if our mouth is covered. Mouth, nose, neck, it gets hard to breathe. He's suffocating us, right? Covers our ears. We can't hear worship anymore. We can't hear pastor preaching. We can't hear testimonies. We can't hear anything, right? Because he's got us bound. And the very last thing, he covers our eyes. So we're blinded. Can't see God's miracles. Can't see what he's doing in other people. And sooner or later, he's just got us bound, right? But Lazarus came out of that grave. And Jesus saith unto him, loose him and let him go. Oof. You guys say, Jesus, or, <laughs> Justin, you keep talking about these grave clothes. What are they? It's anything that's preventing you from fulfilling your destiny in Jesus. Your calling. Your calling, whatever it is, and whatever grave clothes you have on, is preventing you from fulfilling your destiny in Christ. 18 years grave clothes wrapped around me. And it might not be anything sinful. Coaching, it doesn't say anything coaching sinful. It doesn't say that. There's nothing wrong with that. But it was preventing me from fulfilling what God had called for me. Grave clothes. So Jesus said, loose them. So they began to take those grave clothes off. Jesus. The first thing he does, I know he starts at the top. I know he drops a thought in our mind, right? Or he comes over and has someone talk to us, right? This is emotional for me because these two, and I use these two on purpose, came over and started peeling off my grave clothes one by one not so long ago. That's why I use these two. That's why I tell you guys got to get friends that will take off your grave clothes for you. And then... I know Lazarus started coming too right about now as they started taking these off, unraveling them one by one. And sooner or later, I feel like after he got his arms free, he goes, I don't need you guys to unwrap these anymore. I'm going to unwrap them myself, and I'm trying to figure out what God has for me to do. It doesn't say Lazarus doesn't say Lazarus was demon-possessed or living in sin or anything like that. Lazarus was Jesus' friend. So he was probably saved, right? But he was wrapped up in grave clothes. I can see Lazarus coming out of that grave going, where's Jesus? 
he resurrected me for something. He brought me up out of the grave for something. He unwrapped these grave clothes for something. What is it that he needs me to do? Oh, Jesus. Jesus. My gosh. Oh. This was Cameron's. I'm not going to take credit for this. Grave clothes. Don't hold on to us. We hold on to grave clothes. Because it's comfortable. It's what we've been wrapped up in for umpteenth years. Coaching football is really comfortable for me. Jared said something along the lines of I could do it with my eyes closed. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't sound very humble of me, but I was a pretty good football coach. I'm just being honest with you guys. It's comfortable, right? It's what we're used to. Because once he gets that stuff all off of us, raw. Right? We got to face some certain things. Okay? I'm out of these grave clothes now that basically had me, that were my, my, it's my protection. When it's really killing you. It's killing you guys. And again, it doesn't have to. Well, Justin, I just threw that stuff in the fire, and that's awesome. Hallelujah. And you might, and I hope a bunch of us, or I'm like Lazarus, I was raised up out of the dead two weeks ago at Revival. Spiritually, I was raised up out of the dead. Now it's time to loose these grave clothes, whatever it is. People, music, hobbies, careers. I'm not telling you I want to go quit their job, Okay. The Lord told me to do that, and he gave me two people. So it doesn't have to be sinful. It's just anything preventing you from the call of God on your life. And that's tough. I was like, Lord, I don't know many sons that get to coach with their dad. I don't. What you got, five, six more years left? <laughs> he, I mean, he doesn't have that much time left before he retires. I loved going to work with my dad. We got to compete against each other. You guys know me, I love to compete. So it was a lot of fun for me. I enjoyed walking out there. Anyone ask me what my favorite color is? It's Cerritos Blue. I lived, breathed, and died Cerritos. And I've told a few people at work, they asked me, you know, how, how's the team? I said, well, you know, I'm actually not coaching anymore. What? And I'll be honest with you guys, I love being known as the wide receiver coach of Cerritos College. It was my identity in the world, and I loved it. I'm being brutally honest with you guys. I loved walking around campus, and everyone knew, oh, that's Justin. He coaches football at Cerritos. I loved it. I'm brutally honest with you guys. I loved it. But that's not the identity that God had for me. Right? So after Coach Mazzotto was like, what? And I said, well, I, I've been called deeper to, to do something different. I've been called to, to preach. I've been called to, to do different things. And the Lord said, that's going to be your open door for anyone and everyone who asks you, Amen. you know, how the team is, how's the season going, how are the boys, that's your open door. And I was like, well, praise God. And just when I thought I couldn't get deep or cut anymore after the last two weeks, Jesus goes, the Lord goes, 
why didn't they know you as a Christian as well as they knew you as a coach? It's true. Why didn't people know that you love me as much as you love Cerritos? Why? Tears flowing. I just want to for those of you guys who don't know, I work at a private school with students who suffer with autism. Every single kid we have um, has some form of disability, and I love them. One of the kids calls me. He doesn't know my name. The only thing he knows me as is coach football. So it was uh, Wednesday. Jared preached it. Thursday, I'm walking in the hall. He comes to me. Hey, coach football. And I'm like, gosh, no time wasted, just none. And I said, well, I go, I, never mind. That's all right. That's okay. No, don't, that's all right. But I'm serious. It's funny, but I'm serious. Are we so wrapped up in what the world identity is of us or are we more concerned about what God's identity is for us you know what I'm saying I have like one or two more points so you saw Kyle and I rapping Cameron and after someone died obviously someone else wrap them in grave clothes. And I know that some of you have grave clothes on that aren't your fault. And I know that some of you were exposed or shown things at a young age that you had no business seeing. And for years, that's wrapped you up and bound your legs and bound your arms and kept you quiet it wasn't your fault. I'm telling you right now, it wasn't your fault that you had those grave clothes on. Some things are, but I'm talking to the people who, you know who I'm talking to right now. It's not your fault those grave clothes are on you. It wasn't your responsibility. But what is your responsibility? Is to start taking those things off. Because God wants to move you deeper. And he wants to take you deeper and love and show you even more power. But he's not going to do it if we've got grave clothes on. Get you around friends that will take those grave clothes off for you. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not speaking anything I don't know. He came over to my house and he called me every other week. What are you doing? Didn't know it then. But there was God working through Kyle and Cameron. Unwrapping those grave clothes. So you might say, Justin, I've had it for years. I just told you guys I've been playing or coaching a part of a team for the last 18 years. And he unwrapped those grave clothes like that. Yeah. Pastor, can you come pray? Or come play, please. <laughs>